0: Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Oil & Gas Onshore, where I am on a relentless pursuit to bring value, unity, and information to the energy industry one conversation at a time. So sit back, relax, and remember that even this very device you're listening on requires some form of hydrocarbon. This episode is brought to you by our new sponsor for the Oil & Gas Onshore podcast, a big shout out to Technip FMC, a company who truly represents the future of the oil and gas industry. Hey, everyone. Look, not only do you get awesome weekly content by listening, now you've got a chance to win some serious swag brought to you by Technip FMC. Each week, one lucky listener will win a bundle of gear, which includes everything I'm about to list. Seriously, everything. An audio duffel bag, a Yeti tumbler, an executive power bank power charger, a Columbia Net Gator, and a set of Ace Pods 2.0, which are the true wireless Bluetooth earbuds. All you got to do is click the link in the show notes and enter your information to win. Simple. Now go get your swag on. All right, well, go ahead and kick this thing off. Welcome to this week's episode. I am here at the Houston Canon with evan outon wells intervention engineer at hess corporation for all the listeners out there we're so sorry about what you're about <laughs> so to experience sorry. yeah two canadians behind the mic talking about all kinds of
1: shenanigans how is life's in evan's world this morning how's things life's good man honestly yeah. can't complain you know we got a golf plan this afternoon hoping mm. to shoot 72 probably again maybe get in the 60s again you know yeah just in just a typical day in the yeah golf course right you know, yeah, the yeah probably so. in scan the greens yeah exactly you've seen me golf i think i assume that's why i'm on the podcast is probably talking mainly about about know, golf. golf tips and everything yeah
0: golf yeah. tips he's taking you're actually taking lessons or your 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 people are coming to you for lessons now yeah, like you took are. one lesson and now you're at this level and now people are coming to you exactly you got to give back right like it's nice to give back it's to totally, commu- to the community totally, to the golf man. community i mean shoot yeah i don't, I don't want to brag or nothing on the podcast right but yeah but, <laughs> It's hard not to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, you know, and you didn't even mention. So Evan's got the triple whammy today. He's got the podcast. He's got a little bit of golf to grease the groove. And then you got a bachelor party tonight.
1: Yeah. we got. Where's that? We got a packed day today. We yeah. got the podcast, like you're saying, and a good old game of golf. Yeah. And then we got the bachelor party in Austin. Wow. I can't remember if it's in New Braunfels, but like I was saying, it's on the river mm-hmm. somewhere. So we got <laughs> yeah. a bunch of bunch of delinquents out there. Yeah. So you know, that's perfect. We'll, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But. Yeah,
0: Bowser parties are, are fun because you just kind of go all in. And like we were talking, is is putting you know people that are typically maybe not in comfortable positions, put them in those positions to make them feel extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Certainly don't have to get into the details, but how do you know this guy? Tell him
1: about your buddy there. Yeah. So it's kind of, well, it's not too long of a story, I guess, but when I, met my wife she had already known all these delinquents okay so i had met her through or met them through association with her mm. and then obviously just kind of hit it off with all all the boys and stuff right now we're we're best buddies cool one's my neighbor and we all kind of live in generally the same area of town and everything right yeah and you know a few of them are, are oil and gas as well and you know the chemical side and whatnot, mm. and then if you're in the construction industry and stuff. But is that one of the fellas that
0: we golfed with that one day? No, not that time. No, that oh. was someone else. But oh, okay, because yeah. because he was in the chemical side, right? Yeah, what was he his was name in, That was Travis. Travis Bowman. Yeah, right, 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 right. And then his buddy was on the construction side. He did cement stuff. That's right. right? Yeah. Actually, totally random side note, but I need to get his contact information because okay. my wife was looking for because she's in real estate and she's got to do some cement work at this place. Okay. And I was trying to look for his card in my golf bag, yeah, and it wasn't there. So
1: at some point, I need to get his contact. Yeah, maybe I just hit up Travis or something. Yeah, I got I got his contact. I got other cement guys. We can get right. a couple of things going there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's <laughs> one a cement guys on the bachelor party this week. Really? So yeah, I'll get okay. him up for you too. We <laughs> nice. always got a cement guy around. Yeah. For sure, Sounds right? like. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You got to have a, yeah. you know, someone from all walks of life
1: because yeah, exactly. you never know
0: what you'll need. You need a lawyer, a doctor, a dentist, a yeah. cement guy. And probably someone in oil and gas because he has the money that can pay for some things. But well, I guess the doctor and stuff would yeah, too. But yeah. you, know, you need a salesman to pay for everything, oh, which is yeah. typically why people invite me places. Exactly. That makes sense. That's yeah. probably why we're friends. That's why we're going to help this <laughs> side. This yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was funny because you'd called me. You're like, oh, do I need a mask? I'm in the Canada. The CDC said today, like, if you're
1: vaxxed up, yeah. no no mask. So that's a big deal. It's exciting times, man. It you know, is. I'm glad to finally see it. I mean i don't know about you but we got vaccinated the other day and you know nothing oh, nice. no issues or nothing no did you get insu- the moderna the we got GMG's? the pfizer the pfizer yeah so pfizer. that's the good one right yeah hearing good things about the pfizer you know yeah. had no issues after nothing and you know both being from canada it'll be interesting to see if we can actually like get back up there and stuff with the vaccine and stuff but, so you know, like this
0: right right you know talking about that it's kind of sad to see you know i love claiming them from canada right like, it's like you know it's a pride thing it's like you know that's who you are that's part of your life. I mean, for me, I spent the first 23 years of my life there and I'll never claim not to be Canadian, but it, it was really kind of my perception of Canada has changed since being here. And especially since this whole pandemic. And I say that to say, it's just like the way things have been managed. I mean, granted, no one's done it perfect. The States, every, the whole world. I mean, it was like this pandemic came and everyone was just scrambling to try and do the right thing. Everyone's intent was was good. It was like, you know, what do we need to do to keep people healthy and 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 kind of control this thing? Whatever, right? So I mean we can get into all sorts kind of details on that, but Canada, they've taken things to the next level. They don't have enough vaccine apparently for the whole country. And so it's there's some challenges there. Ontario's letting police rip around and tell people like pulling them over and telling them to go home. Like, so there's a lot of things that, you know, freedom is slowly getting put into the, being controlled by the government, which again, like the intent is good, keep the people safe. But, you know, so my, my mom and I, where I'm going with this is my mom, she lives in Mexico like half the year and she travels quite a bit. And so this pandemic has been tough on her cause she's 70 something years old, likes to travel, you know, granted she's, you know, taken precaution and she's older. So she understands she's more at risk, but she was in Mexico a couple weeks ago and she was like, Hey, I need to get back to Canada. Cause I need to be there for my six months to get my healthcare. And know is ready to go home because she's got to start work she works at a cherry farm so anyway she was like well she doesn't have a lot of money and so she won't take a dime from me so it's just kind of like no miss independent like i'm gonna do this all myself so she's like all right well i'm not gonna go to van and spend three thousand dollars to quarantine in a hotel that's like not very nice to say the least from what i've heard now i don't know there's probably nice ones but so she's okay so she goes from she has a friend in boise idaho so she flies to idaho and then her friend volunteered, like hey come here and then i'll drive you to the border and then you just take your luggage and walk across basically it's right. kind of the thing yeah and then you drive you know you don't gotta stay in the hotel it makes total sense right no, yeah, yeah it's like yeah, it's yeah, some some sure. silly reasoning behind yeah. there i don't know what it is so <laughs> she's like okay i'm gonna do that and then i don't have to quarantine and then where she lives is in Kelowna, and so my stepsister well my stepbrother's wife whatever how you label that but anyway so my stepsister basically you know volunteered to drive from Kelowna down to a soyuz to pick her up at the border so okay she's got all the logistics down everything's good and so before she left mexico she took this test and i forget what it's called it's not a it's not an antibody test but it's 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 like a covid test that you need to travel across the border or something like that i forget the name i probably pcrs yeah that's it yeah right so what is that do you even know what it is i have no idea okay So, so she needed the pcr she said okay she does her thing in mexico gets her pcr she goes across the border the u.s customs guy is like okay yeah you got this right on good to go and then so she hauls across and now she's like in middle land right like she goes from custom u.s into the canada and she goes to the canadian guy and she's like hi oh, you know i'm just trying to get home and this and that and just like sweet old lady right and he's just like you don't have the pcr test and she's like well yeah i do it's like it's right here and she he's like nope it's not from the states it's this is mexican and we're not gonna recognize it and it maybe probably in different words but she was like okay, but like, you don't understand, like, this is the test that's requiring me to get back. Here's my Canadian passport. Like, I'm just an old lady trying to get home. And he like just proceeded to just be very like, very uh, like abrupt with her and like not let her through. And he was like, no, you got to go back in the States. And she's like, well, (sighs) okay. So she's like, well, maybe I can go to like a CVS or Walgreens to like get this test or something. Yeah. Well, then the US guy's like, well, you can't go back in the States. Like you've already crossed, like I can't let you back in. She's like, okay and then she's like goes back to the canadian guy and he's like hey i can't go here like i have the test like what do you want me to do like i'm stuck in la la land here like i'm stuck between this like two imaginary lines like i can't get across into canada like i'm a canadian citizen like can you please just let me in i have the test and long story short she said that she really felt like she was being treated like a criminal like they had like multiple people come up to her and like like, basically, like, forceful, like, just talk to her very rudely, like, not Canadian-like at all, and he, like she's she's a farm girl from Alberta, like, right. she, she's, like, she's pure Canadian, like, as Canadian as they come, yeah. and she's just like, this is not who we are, like, and she was telling her, like, guys, like, we're Canadian, like, can you please, like, help me out here, and, like, she started getting, like, really emotional, she's 73 years old, walking across the border by herself, like, and then she says she feels treated like a, like a criminal, and they were like, no, we're gonna call the RCMP on you, and, like, they were, like, kind of raising their voices, and, like, Pointing like, get back, get back, and like crazy, right? Like how like what in the it's world are we getting to? Absurd. Yeah. And then they're like, well, We're gonna call you if you cross here, we're gonna call an RCMP and you're we're gonna have you arrested and like just going like a little bit extreme, right? And so so finally they're like, Oh, well, so they called the RCMP because they were gonna issue her a thirty-six hundred dollar fine. <laughs> I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> you like and so so then she crosses and then the RCMP, I guess, was busy or something, and then the RCMP didn't come. And four hours later, finally, they let her through and my stepsister was there waiting. She had to wait and then they had to haul back to Kelowna for Mosoy's, But and then they said that they were going to like send her and like basically a ticket in the mail. Fines in the mail. She ever get it? Not yet. Not yet. Um, And so she's like, I'm not going to pay it. I'm not going to pay. I'm like, well, mom, like, yeah, like fight to not pay it, but like, don't like have a warrant out for your arrest yeah, like last that. thing i need is you getting into jail and then i'm trying to get back into canada and, for
1: sure and yeah.
0: so it's just you know and so like just that type of situation like could like i don't
1: understand where we're going it's here it's absurd man and like without trying to get too much into the political no we talked about we wanted bit. to talk yeah, about politics talk about guns religion politics that's all i want to talk about this yeah. podcast <laughs> nothing <go> wrong. no <laughs> and we're definitely not that was no, a joke for sure joke, but, yeah. but no this is but, real life but, stuff yeah huh? and to me it's like from a high level try I really don't try to research it too much cuz it's like st- almost stressful at this point but yeah as long the way somehow the like roles and responsibilities of government got mixed up or lost right like i mean yeah what do you look to a government for is you know protection against you know for with police and military from like threats to your life like that right you're not looking for guidance on when and where you can go like you should be able to make those decisions in my personal opinion like for yourself right like yeah and up there it's like no you you can't have you know funeral 10 people only weddings 15 only and i don't, I don't know where these lines got drawn and moved and stuff where the government can kind of you know mm. instruct you on how to, to operate and who you can hang out with and stuff but it's just kind of yeah. it's just kind of strange right like you never would have expected stuff like that i don't know if back when we were living there and everything right but
0: yeah no it was always like kind of like lax and kind of yeah. do you want and I don't know, as we get older and kind of look it's just interesting to see how they operate and it's challenging right because then you look at okay the entire reason for a lot of it is to to control it and to like keep people safe well i mean arguably the numbers aren't much better up there than they are down here oh i think yeah they're way worse now they I are mean, the, so
1: yeah it's just it's so it's just, crazy it's bizarre it and is it's right so it's so crazy and just the strangest times right now it is
0: it is strange and really i get back to like everyone has their stance and and i'm not dogmatic either way but when you're not letting my 74 year old mother back in the country when she's got a certain test and then and then she feels like she's being treated as a criminal to get back into her home country like justin trudeau if you're listening which you probably never would ever listen to this (laughs) podcast but please give
1: yourselves a protector, man this is (laughs) podcast it's getting it's making some way it's
0: making it's (laughs) making if it makes its way into the parliament there then i'd be pretty stoked but it's just like i would just i I would like to have a general conversation with him and just ask him like is this what we're all about and why would this happen
1: you know Mm -hmm. what i mean the unfortunate thing too is like you know in the political environment whether it's even just like in the office or actual politics like you wouldn't get a straight answer too right you know what Mm. i mean like very good point yeah you just very you good get some sort of answer that just goes around in circles and you don't really get what you're looking for at the end of the day but
0: yeah no frustrating for sure but yeah. you know i mean on the bright side things are opening up yeah. obviously down here you know we're just blowing and going yep. which is cool texas is you know i feel like is kind of leading the way on a lot of that effort and i guess one last thing too is our buddy john geese because i was telling him the story and then he was telling me there's apparently a park in bc that you can like cross over from bc into the us okay. and back and forth it's kind of like the meeting site and he got engaged up there <laughs> that's right. he brought his whole crew up there and he then he got all the crew from canada to meet at this park and they all yeah. like commingled at the park for like a certain amount of time that you're limited to or something yeah yeah but anyway yeah so if anyone's like in washington and you want to see some Canadian folks. They got to fly to BC and then cross this over this park. And it's like, I think it's called like the PC Peace or peace park or something like that. Okay. Kind of a random bit of information, but <laughs> yeah, apparently that's been a hot spot for a lot of Canadians and Americans to meet up, shake hands. And, you know, if you got family and on either side of the border, there. It's a perfect spot. But I see you got the Canadian,
1: you know, you got the Calgary Flames shirt on there. Playoffs are starting
0: when? Tomorrow?
1: They're coming up here. I can't remember the exact day they're starting. It's right around the corner here, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We entered a
0: hockey pool at work. I got the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, I was kind of disappointed. But, you know, it's Alberta, right? Yeah. I mean, shoot, though. But I don't know. We're still, we're rebuilding. Flames are rebuilding, right?
1: So Rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, They're always rebuilding. (laughs) Do you follow hockey still, or, or yeah, did you ever? a little bit, man? It's definitely slowed down. I mean, when we do get into it, it's usually around playoff time, yeah. mainly. And we'll go to the Maple Leaf. I don't know if you've been to Maple Leaf. But you know, I, to I haven't, Maple and I like. I'm almost embarrassed to say I haven't. It's, it's pretty good. Oh, it's great pub. Yeah, <sighs> they got, and it's run by a Calgary guy. So, you know, there's like Flames jerseys. There's all sorts of jerseys from Canada and stuff up there, right? They have poutine, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually, yeah, you roll in there, you know, you can have some Molson Canadians or Coconese and all that stuff. They do have
0: the Coconese, huh? They have all that.
1: What? I know. How have I not been there? It's perfect. Yeah, it's in Midtown.
0: But it is. I've driven somewhere. by it actually quite a few times. Yeah. I've just never taken taken the time to do it. But we're going to go there and we're going to have some, yeah. some barley yeah. sandwiches yeah, at yeah, one and have point. Yeah, some
1: Molson's for sure, man. Yes. Absolutely. Excellent. Good Excellent.
0: Crowd. Well, before we keep going, I do want to mention some fascinating technology provided by our sponsor, Technip FMC. Their new and integrated iComplete ecosystem is digitally enabled and delivers efficiency benefits by dramatically reducing components and connections while simultaneously providing real-time data to operators about the well-pad operations. Technip FMC is continuing to push the limits in order to achieve full frac automation. To discover more about the benefits of iComplete, click the link in the show notes or check them out on LinkedIn. So Evan, you know, it's certainly the world we live in has certainly changed over the last year and things are, you know, obviously crazy, but what's something that's surprised you since COVID? I mean, coming out of it, I mean, obviously work conditions have changed, but kind of from a macro level, like, is there anything that kind of has surprised you and has made you? sort of re-pivot your your frame of thinking to say you know what like there was a huge silver lining around this like does anything come to mind
1: yeah because i mean get into that there's so much doom and gloom right and opinions like we're sharing and i I feel like we'll get chastised no matter what we say on the matter right but like that's it's totally a good point to look at the silver lining of it and like the good things that came out of it right and you know there's probably a lot more negative things than good things but some of the good things are one of the major ones from our business, at least, is to see, you know, the adaptability that we've been able to achieve and, you know, just working remotely, because, you know, I I mean, imagine a few years back that you mentioned that it's kind of, there's no way, why would we do that? How are we going to do that? And yeah, it was definitely super clunky, I found kind of at the start, but like, as we moved through it, I kind of realized that, you know, companies were like, well, okay, we can do this. Like, why do we have that office? And like, I'm not saying that face-to-face, interactions aren't super important but you can in the world that we live in today we can leverage technology a lot more than we thought we could as far as communication and stuff right Mm -hmm. and although oil and gas you know it's always we always think you know it's at the forefront of technology we're doing some crazy things as far as you know digital technology and communication it's never been at the forefront as far as you know tesla and amazon and Mm. all the tech companies like that right so yeah so it's good to see like the industry we can adapt like we always have to the downturns and upturns and everything like that, so even with this like clunky at, the, at start at the start, and then they're able to you know figure it out and get teams and skype and all that stuff kind of rolling yeah right now it's you know kind of it's kind of funny too, you only know people as a picture, some people but, <laughs> yeah, but still you business almost business as usual is close to right, mm-hmm. which is good to see that we're able to do that and keep the industry going and right, you know. Prices is negative 40 all the way up to 60, $70 now. Right. Yeah, so, And things are still going. Companies are still operating as efficiently as ever. So
0: yeah, no, yeah. it's so true. And I think that's one thing that's a testament to our industry's adaptability. Yeah. We figure a way to make it work, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, I'm sure almost every industry is similar to some degree, but we're at the mercy of such volatility. It can go South real quick, like we saw last year, but for a company, and you don't have to get into the specifics yeah. with Hess, but with a, as a large corporation, I mean, you guys are a huge company. Is there plans to like go back full time, or like what is that kind of like? What are some of the discussions being had, like with HR, and like again, nothing crazy, but like is there more emphasis on we need everyone back, or is it like no, yeah, like yeah. we
1: are okay with this? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. At at one point, I know some me and some coworkers are you know, looking at it and we're looking at houses in Denver and stuff. And we're like, boys, we can we can finally work remotely and, you know, (laughs) live near the mountains like we're used to in Calgary and stuff, right? Yeah. But I think, I don't know if it was a shot directly at us, but one meeting they said, you know, don't be buying houses in Denver. We're going (laughs) back to the office. (laughs) Is that that direction (laughs) of this? But no, and that's fine. But I think kind of the direction they're going is it's still kind of a question mark, but I know we're going back to the office later this year. And the main objective is to have like kind of a hybrid schedule and what that looks like is still kind of being determined as far as I know. So, you know, one day in, four days out or three days in, two days out, I'm not too sure yet, Cool. but it looks like we're adapting, you know, that hybrid type work schedule as far as, you know, a safety thing. Mm. And then I think overall just like maybe even an efficiency portion of it, you know, like you're in the office, you can have those face-to-face interactions and those, you know, load up meetings on those days you're in the office where you want to, you know, actually see people's reactions to your thoughts and everything yeah you know have those constructive discussions in the office where you just you can pop by that's the one thing i miss you know you pop by yeah hey man stupid idea what do you think about this and then you go on the whiteboard and you walk through it it was a good idea or it wasn't it's mm-hmm. as easy as that you don't have to call someone and try to navigate that right yeah so that'll be super useful and then you know those days off when you're just working at the house you can just sit down and, you know, crush out procedures or the paperwork, the administrative stuff you got to do yeah. without having to worry about being in maybe Teams calls all day or something like that. At least that's kind of how I picture it, right? So yeah, so that's, that's where, like, our company is at. At least I know a lot of companies are kind of back, you know, blown and going back in the office full time. I know some other companies are still kind of navigating and trying to think about maybe doing a similar strategy as us. But yeah. so, yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at there, which which I'm excited about, to be honest with you. I, yeah. think, I think that's like... The right recipe, honestly, to you know operate at least in the office environment as effectively as possible, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I 100% agree. I think the hybrid model is effective, and I think it's important not only from that standpoint, but if you take a step back and even look at like a thirty thousand foot view of our industry, yeah. in order to attract talent and have people want to stay in our industry, we're going to have to adapt and follow the trend, which was already happening. But I think COVID was a catalyst for that to accelerate where we're at now. Because if you look at, you know, all these, you know, the Google, the Apple, yeah. all these tech companies, Tesla and stuff that are really, I mean, they have, in my opinion, probably some of the best talent in the world with regards to bringing people out of college. And then just people, you know, within you know, high school and stuff looking forward in their careers. I'd be willing to bet there's no high school kids saying, you know what? I want to go work for Hess or I want to go work for AES drilling yeah, fluids. Yeah. I mean, there might be, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying generally speaking, they're looking at these companies that have the cool offices that have the flexible work schedule that have the ping pong tables, yeah. Dogs you know, that work. Yeah. Like allow you to have that creative control and add value, how you see fit. And Oh, Hey, by the way, if you're someone who works better from, you know, seven at night till one in the morning, yeah. by all means, get it done at that time, you know, and like have that ability to allow people to do the best they can in the box that they form for themselves, not the box that an organization creates. And okay, here's the box that you have to operate within. I expect you to perform at a high level. Well, some people don't operate like that. And so I think looking at it like that, it's important for us to allow people to have the flexibility to have the hybrid programs. because if not, you're not going to have the best talent of the world Working at companies that are creating energy for the
1: world, right. and
0: so like there's this a huge impact all the way around, and so that's where I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and it it's kind of one of those things too. Like you mentioned, like the Teslas and the Amazons and Googles, like they're very flexible and they they can change their strategies and you know office environments quicker, and they adapt to you know kind of value what people work best with, right? I feel like not just with this topic but a lot of different parts of our industry the oil and gas industry kind of you know is set in its ways some ways sometimes Mm. right like of course you work you work with some people who are like that who are you know extremely intelligent experienced people and just set in their ways but to try and break that to get into you know the digital age of technology and stuff that we're in whether that's in the field or in the office like it's tough to break the mold almost right so so for as far as like you know code is a horrible thing and everything absolutely but As far as like the silver lining, like this was kind of a good way to like almost break that mold and like Mm. allow a lot of companies to see, okay, we can work from home and we can be a little more flexible with people's schedules and, you know, they can still work anywhere and get still, you know, provide the same deliverables and everything of that nature. Right. So, so I think that's like a really good thing that came out of it. And I'm, I'm interested to see how, It goes through like the coming years and everything, I guess, after this, right? I was just gonna say, like, right now it's
0: easy to kind of still ride the hype of it. And then I just wonder if people are gonna slowly get back into their old ways. And I think the companies that do kind of go back in their old ways, and and with all due respect, I think it's those companies that have upper management, you know, being from a certain generation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the very least, we've proven we can do it. And now it's just, are we going to commit, or are we going to fall back into our old ways? Right, yeah. So, you know, to be determined. Yeah. But a little bit more, you know, on the personal side of things. So, you know, obviously you're f- from Calgary. or Well, actually, let's start there. Are you from Calgary? Or yeah, where are you from originally? from oh.
1: Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. From Calgary, Alberta. Betcha. Okay, born and And then your family, too? Or are they scattered? Family's or? all there. Brothers in Vancouver. Um, what does he do? So he was actually a professional skateboarder. No way. For a while, yeah. And <laughs> Every then, kid's dream. Yeah, so he was killing, and then now these days he's... He's got one of my nieces and nephews, and he's installing sprinklers like he has his own company in Vancouver, which is kind of funny to think I always make fun of him because I'm like installing sprinklers in like the rainiest climate (laughs) ever, like the rainforest, basically. Yeah, I'm sure he's. it's like baller houses. Yeah, Oh, yeah. They're like, you know how Vancouver is, too, and for all the listeners and stuff, I mean, real estate there is like single or maybe Couple bedroom home, 700 800 grand pretty much in town, right? So it's yeah, absurd, but yeah, good
0: for him. So, yeah, What's no, his name?
1: Ryan Outon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, is you say professional skateboarder like yeah. was he at the X Games and all that? He was, so, he was sponsored by RDS and DC. And, RDS is that's Red Dragon, right? Yeah, yeah, so he oh, was, wow. yeah, man. And like that's so cool. Yeah, he was getting the free clothes and traveling around and stuff. I what? remember like selling hats at school for him at one point when i was in like junior (laughs) high
0: Nice. Yeah. Taking your
1: bro's yeah, swag and yeah. selling it on the exactly, underground market exactly, at school. Man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, it's right there, man. Yeah. So that's the next business, right? There. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. So in, how old is he? He's six years older than me. So he's 35 right okay. now. Yeah. Is yeah. he still skate for fun or is he, he like, i yeah. done? He'll just do like, I don't even know all the tricks and still go do a kickflip and just like, oh yeah, I still got it. He'll yeah. Just go live his life kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. I'm sure he's got some cool stories. <laughs> oh, for sure has he like skated with any like super high level dudes yeah yeah really i mean he was in california for a while with like Robin big and no and stuff what? like oh. hanging out with those guys so he got to meet rob dyrdek he did yeah absolutely wow man. so he has some really cool stories from some of the you know parties and shenanigans oh. down there and everything right buddy i can um, imagine yeah good for
0: him that yeah. is so cool i know you know yeah, like, i man. feel like i know a
1: guy <laughs> and then all of a sudden you come out of left field with that? a lot to it yeah, yeah layers man i know that is so cool <laughs> so are you a skater or what no no i've never i tried it out it didn't work out for me though really it's more sports you know track and soccer and hockey and all that stuff right but.
0: okay so he was more like kind of the so like the what do you call it not anti-culture but i don't know anyway so he kind of like went onto like the skater route and you yeah. s- went more in like the organized yeah. sport route hey? exactly yep. okay yep. cool so
1: born in, in calgary and then raised there and then yeah, yeah so what'd you do for fun growing up mainly sports man Obviously, you know mountains are nearby. There's a lot of trips out there and stuff, doing some hiking, all the outdoor stuff. Yeah, but I'd say the majority of it was yeah, just like sports related in some way, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of very competitive soccer and track and, okay. and all that stuff. But so, are you? Do you, do you follow soccer? Not, or? not as much anymore. To be honest, like since I dropped out of it, I haven't as much. It's just been mainly you know hockey and all that stuff. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, soccer is interesting. I actually went to a Dynamo's game a couple of years
0: ago watching like live soccer or like by professionals is like super interesting and the way they can move and like the way they kind of control the field and and the ball it's amazing like i mean any professional sport is is amazing to watch but i didn't until i watched a game professionally live i didn't have as much of an appreciation for it and then a few years ago i took my wife to europe for her 30th birthday and it was the year that france won the world cup and we just like happened to luck out where we did the sort of the trio. We did London, Paris, and then Rome. And when we were in London, it was when England was playing, like okay. I think Romania, not Romania, or Crane or something like that. So we were in London for that game. And then we like went to Paris and then we just happened to be in Paris the night we landed, or I say landed, we took the train to Paris and then... It was, like, literally, we got to our hotel, and there was, like, five minutes before the game started. Okay. So, we got to watch the game in a bar, but then, like, the streets... We were, like, probably, probably like, a mile away from the, the Eiffel Tower. Really? And so, like, of course, like, the streets started getting full, and, like, people started getting rowdy, and it was, like, holy cow. And then, like, I've never seen a party like Paris when France won the World yeah, Cup. Like, okay. it was... It literally sounded like World War Three was happening outside yeah. of our hotel room. It that was insane. Wild, it was so cool to that's see. That's so
1: lucky, though. Oh, and it's we, it's yeah. insane over there. Like, oh. So I played in Germany and Austria for like a little bit. Oh, like wow. went as a team. And then, you know, we went to a Bayern game there. Been to what? a game in London before. But like nothing on the scale of what you saw because that's just like insane. <laughs> you know, it's, that's such a crazy event. And so lucky to like see that. Right? It's like being here when the Astros won and stuff, right? But, yeah. But, I mean, soccer is, I mean, I think arguably the most popular sport in the whole world yeah right like the most people watch it yeah so well wow. i can imagine that's insane though man yeah well t-
0: i mean the fact that you got to play overseas is insane yeah. so what's
1: what's your uh we, don't know, we got this like we th- got a bug in here man we got a bug it's is, is hanging out. around yeah he's trying to get some air time dude <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> what you gotta say bro yeah yeah
0: yeah it's just like he's buzzing around Evan, yeah. and then it comes hops over <laughs> to me so if you hear us it, kind of like going like around the microphones because we're dodging this bug that's trying to get in here yeah, so, I mean, did you grow up playing soccer and then you kind of found that you were good at it and then you just pursued it? Like, how did you, I mean, get yeah. to
1: playing in Europe? Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you get put in it when you're a kid and stuff. I think most parents try to put you in some sort of sport and it just kind of, like, escalated from there, right? And just, like, I remember there's times where, like, the only thing that I could do growing up, like, or wanted to was is just, like, professional soccer. So it's, wow. like, engulfs your whole life. And then eventually ended up getting on This one, the one team in Calgary and we won nationals for Canada. And then our coach actually, he ended up, he's actually now one of the coaches at Real Madrid, I believe. Whoa! Yeah, it was crazy, man. But no, you still it, talk to him? No, not at all. No, he was super aggressive and oh, very was one strict. Of the old, yeah, old but school should, coach. Honestly, though, yeah, strike the fear of your god in you, basically. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but they make you perform. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because some kids break down with yeah. that, but like
1: others, yeah, others thrive they off need it. Need it, right? Or yeah. else they're just gonna try to get away with stuff and stuff mm. or whatever, right? But yeah, how did you handle that? Like, were you a type of player that like
0: you were coachable
1: like from that sense or did you kind of turtle and coach super aggressive i I liked it i like that for sure you know it shows that it it almost like shows they care more i guess i don't know how to describe it but i reacted well too but you're right there's somewhere it's like the first time you get yelled at or second they're they're out right yeah i can't handle it kind of thing yeah
0: no i just hope so my son like there's like different levels. Like I can kind of get on him and he's two. So he's still figuring life out. And I mean, I still am and I'm 35. So, yeah. but you know, I can tell like if I really kind of raise my voice or get on him, he, he like, he starts crying. I think it's cause you know, he doesn't see me in like an aggression type of mode. But yeah. when I do, you know, cause sometimes parents, we break down and we yell and, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay. I just got a little bit too mad, yeah. but I just wonder like for him, if he's going to be good with that. Cause I know my football coaches and coaches growing up, like they are all like, they were hard nose, like it was yelling and like screaming yep. and, you know, like, you know, cussing and it would make me angry and I would get mad, but then it would, then I would use that fuel and that, that like anger to like yeah. get out there and just like tear it up. So I know I did well under those type of conditions, but I just hope he does. Cause I don't want him to be, you know, no yeah. dad wants to see your son like get yelled at and then like cry and yeah, then like yeah.
1: quit sports. Like yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's- certain, certain people react differently to yeah. it for right. sure. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, it, it is what yeah, well, it, it is. It
1: learns and, you know, develops differently. Right? Yep. But.
0: No, that's, that's exactly. So, you know, you grow up playing professional sports, you're probably just a rock star. And then all of a sudden.
1: Absolute stud. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly. <laughs> well,
0: now you're a professional I golfer.
1: To, yeah. And I'm, I'm crazy good at golf. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. All these things fall into place for me. But.
0: <laughs> so you graduate high school and then, and what happens? I mean, cause you went to state,
1: right? Yeah. So it, I mean, it's one of those things. It's crazy that like, when you're that young, you have to like, make that decision okay what are you gonna do the rest of your life i know you're like 17 i was like barely 17 out of high school it's like okay what are you gonna do with the rest of your life like well i don't know like party i don't know (laughs) yeah uh is there a house party i can go to tonight house parties now what do we like (laughs) 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 yes i don't know so i just like worked and i like looking back on it i was thinking about before i came on this last night like how did i get here and it's like yeah no intent of going to do anything it was just like all right done school I don't ever want to go back. So I worked in like a lumber yard for a while, like a year or so. Yeah. And then still no desire to do anything. And then I was, I mean, like you said, from Calgary, most of my family was in oil and gas already. Oh, they were. Okay. I just remember being like in the kitchen at my sister and brother-in-law's place. And he had made, he went to Sate and made a drilling fluids company and then sold it. It was super successful, went really well. So, and he's just like, why don't you just go do petroleum engineering technology at say like I did. And didn't even really know what petroleum was at the time. Literally, <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like, okay. I'll was try. Signed it. up for it. Didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> didn't look at any of the courses. Here we go. Yeah. And I was- Did you yeah. do good in high school?
0: What kind of high no, school not, like
1: person were you? No, I had to like upgrade courses and stuff Oh, I did, too. I did a full
0: year of upgrading. Yeah, and same.
1: <laughs> I was doing it while I was working in the lumber yard and, yeah. and then, yeah, I got into state and- then it was super cool, man. Like just going through all those courses and everything, drilling, you know, all the pertinent oil and gas courses, super, super interesting. And I just got more and more into it. And a lot yeah. of the people, at least back in those days, in which those days was like 2010, I went. So it wasn't that long ago, I guess. But back then they had a lot of the industry guys because, you know, I guess the grade level requirements for like guys like me and maybe people who. You know, barely kind of skimmed by high school and stuff could could get in mm. and finish. You know, get that that piece of paper, or whatever, and hopefully get an off job. So a lot of drillers, a lot of cement supervisors, a lot of like people like that. You know, late 30s, early 40s, mixed it in with like us, like 18 year olds who are just like, I don't know what petroleum is. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. like, <laughs> it was just, I don't know, man. It's just like looking back on it, it's just such a good learning experience, not just from like drilling 101 but also just like meeting these guys like yeah maybe they're kind of like bad influences at that point but also is like you kind of understand a lot when you like hang out with these guys and get a lot of like insight on life mm-hmm. and where they've made mistakes and not right yeah yeah but no it was, it was a super good experience and then you know going from there if we're going to kind of like go from there to now yeah no to it's, it's, you you know, tell you, the journey you do you do the couple of years there and didn't really get any good internship i was like sweeping floors at a semi shop yeah and you know wrapped up there and then i was i won't you know name companies but i I basically like hopped companies in alberta after that i was just working in the field and it was kind of the same mindset like okay we're done school like never going back yeah you know just hopped around like i wasn't like that's like another new thing with i guess the newer generation is like back in the day it's like you're with this company and that's 40 years you stay there yeah now it's kind of like less it's more socially acceptable you can like jump around it's not like you know recommended but <laughs> it like it happens right yeah so you know I was, I was fracking for a bit wasn't for me decided that and then i was running wireline for a bit and then i got promoted quickly to like supervising wireline operations and like pretty young still right it's 21 22 years old hmm. up in you know stetler living in stetler for a while red deer edmonton bonnieville grand prairie all over the place in Alberta. All those probably sound made up to everyone all americans <laughs> yeah. they don't know alberta they're real and then you know working wireline and it was just one of those winter days where it's like you know working more hours than should have been you know lesson learned now but yeah. tired it's minus 50 out we're like near northwest territories everything's breaking i'm young i'm supervising trucks breaking it's leaking stuff the wireline truck Call the office. Okay, we need a mechanic out here. Yeah, we don't have a mechanic. You have to figure it out. Click. Okay, great. Yeah. So, all right, I'm under the truck now trying to fix this, like, filter that's leaking and stuff, you know, pipe wrench. Consultants are yelling at you and whatnot. Get that all flanged up and, you know, go inside. Everything's kind of running again (laughs) and immediately on the computer and, you know, applying to go to University of Wyoming. (laughs) I want to be the guy that says... I want to stay in the office now, actually, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) So then, yeah, man, like that was it. Like breaking point again, it's like, you know, like, I don't know, like that like carnival game where like, or it's just a drinking, game, you know, but you like drop the ball and there's all these like little pegs and stuff yeah. and it, like ends up somewhere where it's like, you, know, you win a prize or you got to do a certain amount of <laughs> drinks or something. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I was like that ball, right? you just drop in and bouncing around and yeah, kind of, it's like all working out. Like it's a lot of luck and, and such whatnot, a good right? analogy. Man. But good experience out of that. At the end of the day, yeah, could have stayed with one company I hated and then just had that experience. But I kind of got a bit of different completions and intervention experience. Yeah, went to school at University of Wyoming. Did you purposely find University of Wyoming, or how did yeah. you stumble upon that? So again, you know, younger objectives and goals were different, and the primary driver was single so there's more girls there so that was Mm. kind of the intent at the time Ah, you did your research yeah so that was pretty much it (laughs) no is that i mean kind of joking aside like and it was close to denver too yeah we had some friends that had gone there as well from our graduating class and they really enjoyed it there cool so you know we could go to denver we could ski we had friends there already they could kind of give us the lay of the land and everything so that was kind of, you know, how we landed on that. And then I don't even think we ended up applying to Montana Tech, like where you went. And that was definitely the second option for us, but we, we got in and we mm. down and we're like, all right. And it literally, so it was me, that story. And then there was a guy who was an MWD at the time, same thing, up for days, everything's breaking. It's like same time. So yeah. he's like, I text him. When well, go back to school, he's like, absolutely. Yeah. I and need then, to do this. Yeah. And another guy. So we all went back, same graduating class you. at the cool. same time. Right. Like two and a half years after we finished state. Yeah. So we go back to school and you know, it was great. It was a good experience. They no, no bashing universities or Wyoming in particular, but there's a lot of filler classes you find uh-huh. just to get the piece of paper, but there's also a lot of beneficial classes too at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got through that in two years. In between, I had an internship with Hess. I got super lucky. Mm. I think I was only one at the school to get one. Luckily, again, it's wow. just there's a lot of luck involved. You know, early career, I think too. Mm. All you should want is just opportunity, and you're gonna have to get some luck along the way too. Yeah. And I got lucky. you got this internship when they came up to to Wyoming, and you know, did the interviews and the dinners and stuff. And it turns out the fracking and wireline experience helped, and that's why I got picked. So great, that worked out. No kidding. Did the internship. We had to do a big project, you know, presented at the end of the summer, went really well, got offered a full-time position at the start of the next school year, you know, wrapped up school and then, you know, started with Hess, did the early career program. And then after that, been in interventions kind of ever since. So again, it's like, this ball going through all the like <laughs> the pegs and stuff on those drinking game or whatever and then like and i just like landed i got lucky and it just kind of landed in a good spot you know what i mean yeah and that and that's how it, sometimes it works right like i was just looking for as an early career engineer like you should one of the main things you should only really ask for is just opportunity right and that's yeah that's what i was looking for and then i guess just good personal relations with people and a, you know a lot of luck in there too it like sure. ended up going super well for me right so yeah, yeah.
0: well you know you, you say luck but it's it's interesting because people often say so i have two kind of things with luck Is my old man always told me because you know, growing up i'd look at things or people and say oh they're so lucky they have this or they're so lucky they yeah. get to do that and, and he always told me he said justin it's it's really funny how lucky you get when you work hard yeah if you work hard. You know, lucky things will happen to you, but it's not luck. And then, you know, I was like, ah, okay, you know, that makes sense. And and kind of similarly to you, it's like, how did I go from, you know, a, a BC kid who didn't care about school to, you know, now I'm here in Houston and, you know, working for a great company in oil and gas, doing well and podcasts and, you know, but it's it's I've I feel like you know I've I've worked a lot harder than than some people, and and obviously there's people who work harder than me, but you know, kind of following up on luck is it's, you know, it's luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like you said, being under that truck, trying to fix a filter, and there's certainly decisions along the way that you made that, you know, kind of helped you prepare for moments that came. And, you know, because I think a lot of people are willing to just take, you know, the path of least resistance, you know, and like, like For you, okay, so you, you know, you go through high school and you're like, ah, I'm not really big on academics. You like, you know, like to party, have fun, which is very similar to myself, yeah. play sports, similar to myself. But you were willing to do the things that not a lot of people do. I know a lot of people that grew up in the city that would never think to go to, you know, Bonneville or GP or Fort St. John, be away from their friends, be away from their family, have to figure out how to get to these places, figure out, you know, working with people who are very rough around the edges, mm-hmm. kind of like we talked about. Some people can handle it, some can't. So, I would say it's luck, but I also think it's just you're, you know, you were constantly preparing yourself
1: for these opportunities that came and, and then you attacked them and, and then here you are today, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it too. Cause yeah, back then, I mean, you work, your hours are, you know, long hours. You're, like you said, you're driving a lot, you're working, there's a lot of grinding, like working super hard and, you know, looking back, that stuff did help. To get into those scenarios and with a little bit of luck and stuff too, of though, course, for sure, right? But yeah. but no, that that definitely helped. But it built the foundation of who you are in your career. Yeah, you know what I absolutely. mean? Because you can relate
0: to those types of people that have gone through that, and yeah, there's skills that you learned along the way that at the time you're like, I'm just like some some low level dude r- driving around Alberta doing these yeah. you know jobs that you know like anyone can do, but there's skills that you develop like for me when i was working drilling rigs scrubbing the side of you know subs on a drilling rig like i'm like what am i doing with my life like you really contemplate like is this like where this ends like me on a drilling rig in the middle of nowhere like
1: yeah and well i mean that's (laughs) and that set us both up like you worked in the field i worked in the field i mean i'm not a 10-year field guy or anything but it gives me empathy and like an understanding when i'm sitting at home or in the office you know planning and calling operations intervention operations multi-million dollars offshore GOM now off yeah. mexico it's like i understand when i ask someone to do something or if i'm like planning something if that makes sense i guess or if it's mm-hmm. asking a lot or anything like that you know what i mean it's yeah. not as simple as like send the email and it'll it'll get done right mm-hmm. like and that's it no like think about like when we we're in the field like does that make sense? Does that actually make sense, like, right. operationally? Like, and you can imagine it, because when you're in the field, that's probably when you learn almost the most, I'd argue, like, yeah, being out there time. and, like, the trials and lessons learned and what worked, what didn't, you saw it firsthand, you had the frustration of, okay, we're staying up for another 12 hours. Okay, because that didn't work. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's it's like, crazy. Yeah, man. It's just, no, it's a lot, a lot of hard work along the way and, and some luck and just just taking the opportunity i mean there's a lot of a lot of other hard-working individuals i graduated with and went to school with who weren't as lucky as well right and yeah maybe had different experiences and stuff and yeah here i am intervention engineer golf in mexico and yeah just happy to have the opportunity and everything for sure and on the podcast man who would yeah. have thought? And here
0: we you are right? on the podcast has come th- on the three greatest, listeners hardly,
1: yeah the greatest podcast in all of Houston arguably America right but, yeah. arguably and I yeah well I'm getting there I mean it's the next to Joe Rogan I saw
0: yeah the on Rangers the rankings guys. yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw no that. no it's not a big deal right just whatever yeah, it's just yeah, kind it's of whatever big deal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so with your job though before we move on past that like what do you love most about your job like is there something that wakes you know when you wake up every morning and you're reading reports or doing things like what what do you really enjoy about it and, and it could be anything from you know the actual mechanical part of what you do or the people relationships mm. i mean what, what do you really enjoy about what you do
1: yeah so i think this is kind of an easy question for me because i think i like the change of the operations so there's a lot of challenges in everything and you know things change do change you know Bach and onshore relatable to onshore stuff like drilling wells right but a lot of the time it's kind of like you're punching holes and there is a procedure and the best way that's been identified to do it and change there, you know, it might take year or years or months or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But most of the time you're seeing that same thing over and over again. It's a lot of really good exposure, but in Gulf of Mexico interventions I found is like, I'm doing so many different things and some have never been done before. And it's usually never the same thing back to back. So Mm -hmm. I'll be planning a riserless acid stimulation for a while. And I mean, you know you're planning for months as opposed to days and the operation is going to take probably a couple weeks and then it'll be an abandonment we're planning an abandonment because you know we have to do abandonments everyone has to there's regulatory requirements to do that when you're planning for maybe a year or months to do that and then that's going to be a month or two operation right there and then the next time it's a coil tubing paraffin clean out on a platform on dry tree wells or, or something like that or slick line sleeve shift it's like And I mean, like, that's the last, like, year. So it's like. Yeah. So not to cut you off, but that's one thing I can appreciate about
0: folks working offshore is I think unconventionals have, like, kind of, like, diluted the talent pool. Because, like, a lot of folks get into oil and gas and then they're kind of, like, thrown into Permian or the DJ or the Bakken where it's, like, development mode. Right. Like, manufacture mode. And it's, like, you basically are trying to create an economy of scale at that point. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, like, but you're not getting exposed. And it's no fault of the people in those positions. But it's, you know, our industry, the shale revolution has created, like, unconventional robots. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. and Like, I can appreciate someone who comes... You know, for me, I'm in the drilling fluid space. Someone who's worked offshore just has kind of like a different view of things because they've been exposed to so many different operations that yeah. guys on land that drill, you know, 20,000 foot, you know, two string wells. Right. And it's just like one after the other after the other. Like they get good at getting very efficient,
1: yep. but their road or their, their, you know, their their experience path is very narrow. Yeah, agreed. agree. And I mean, you get really good at what you do. And, you know, like you're saying, you use all of that data you have to get better and better and drop that $6 million DNC cost to five. And that's crazy. Like the drill times, the cycle times of drilling, cleaning well are just absurd up there right now. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's like to do the offshore intervention thing. Like I find you gotta be very like flexible, kind of even keel person, like. Cause things, can be willing to spend tons of yeah, money. A lot of money. Millions <laughs> and billions of dollars. Yeah. And it's like, you know, because things always go wrong. Because you're going, think, you're going in on old wells, 20 year old wells. That's like crazy. You think the tubing is brand new and there's not paraffin or scale or maybe a tubing's broken. Like, you never know till you get in there, right? Mm-hmm. And like, if you're one of those people where it's like, no, we drill the well and everything goes as according to plan and we'll have some issues, but like, it'll be fine. do it all the time do it every day yeah this is like i don't know uh, we got a procedure and put as many contingency plans in place and hope for the best and you know you get the call at 3 a.m it's like yeah i know we're stuck with coil yeah it's like ah shoot well (laughs) well try this no okay well we'll uh, try to figure this out but you can't like be pulling your hair out and freaking out right yeah you got to have the right kind of contingency plans in place and like contingency plans are such a big part of interventions but Hmm. But I mean, you know, circling back, that's that's my favorite part is that I got lucky and I didn't have to go. And it was the hard work in having that field experience already from Canada and, the, you know, the onshore experience. Yeah, I was given the opportunity to go straight to offshore, which not a lot of people typically get to do. Right, especially about, yeah, within the last five to eight years. Yeah, and as a younger engineer and stuff, right? So to do that and just go straight offshore and it's like, obviously, things go wrong offshore, like they go really wrong. We've all seen that. Yeah, And the regulations and everything and safety measures that are in place now are just, you know, they're absolutely insane, like in a good way. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a lot of planning and a lot of thought goes into everything. It could be just a coil job, like a lot of planning, a lot of thought into that. And yeah, they're multimillion dollar wells and multimillion dollar operations. Right. So, but then it's always changing. So yeah, stems, we got abandonments. The abandonment strategies are always changing too. You can do them with a rig. A lot of methods that are being developed, like well intervention techniques where we can hmm. do stuff riserlessly. A lot of cool technology out there. Like I'm always hearing about new technology in the that, intervention space. Like wow. fiber optic wireline that you can cut and and let drop to the bottom of a well and it disintegrates and stuff what? like that, but gives you the data. There's wow. plugs that they're making bison, they they're basically thermite reactions, making basically metal-to-metal seal plugs, which is super cool. Hmm. And then again, the light well intervention space, like, I can't talk about it enough. I mean, rig rates have been pretty comparable lately, but those have been, like, always a huge savings for, you know, not having to set up a riser basically to the subsea wellhead and being able to set plugs and do logging and, and other things like that, right? But wow, it's just, it's just a super dynamic Space I've found, like I have a pretty big respect for it. I'm really glad that's kind of where I ended up. Wow, being in the op space and as well as being able to see, you know, like all these new technologies and never getting bored, which is awesome, right? Like I look forward to. I'm doing we got coil projects going on and then okay stems, like i was saying so it's just ever changing and i'm always learning basically so cool that, no, that's, that's my s- favorite part for sure yeah, yeah.
0: no man i mean and i can sense that you know there's a there's a degree of passion along with it too yeah, like there, you always phrase, to yeah no, but that's what it takes to to perform at a high level. Is you yeah. got to enjoy what you do, and yeah. that's that's clear. And and you know Hess is lucky to have a guy like you, man. Oh, no, seriously, he's blushing out. <laughs> he's as red as his Calgary flame <laughs> yeah, shirt. Yeah. But no, that's cool, and I can respect that. And you know, especially like you said, you're grateful to have a job right now. I mean, things have been extremely challenging for a lot of people, but you know, I think there's there's certainly light at the end tunnel. Oil demand's going up. I'm sure companies like Hess are you know, excited to have, you know, hopefully some stability in in oil prices unless something happens again next year. But things look pretty good towards 2022 and and a few years beyond that. And I mean, but at the end of the day, things could happen today. And this whole thing that we're talking about could completely change. But before we log off here, because we got some very important activities to attend to here shortly, but you're an adventurous guy. I mean, you told me about your trip to Japan, which I mean, still just cracks me up. (laughs) If you ever get Evan out to have a nice cold drink get him to tell you about his japan story is pretty <laughs> funny but someone who's adventurous like yourself when's the first time you did something for the very first time
1: for the very first or when's
0: time. the last time you did something for the very first man, time
1: the podcast oh. right here man oh jeez i mean this is the first time on a podcast <laughs> i didn't know how this was gonna go i'm trying to think other than that no, is, mean, that was a good answer <laughs> i mean you answered the question that's good that's good that's good it's such does a, anything else come to mind it's a tough question because It's just like the way the last year's gone. It's like, what have we done? Like not much. I mean, went downstairs the other day. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tried two percent instead of one percent milk. That's pretty crazy, man. I never thought I'd do that. But oh, that's ah, great. And that's a really good question. I gotta think about that one. If you don't, I mean, granted, you had an answer, but you know, it's
0: it's. I encourage everyone out there. Is it's like when we're younger, we're always, you know we stay curious it's like well let's try this let's try that and then when you get older you kind of get comfortable and oh i don't want to do that or hurt myself or ah, i don't know like you kind of get put in you know you, you kind of put yourself in this comfortable box and you kind of just float around and yeah. you do your thing but you always got to stay curious and try something for the first time because i think that's what kind of keeps the excitement going and the and the blood flowing you yeah. know what i mean
1: too many these days people are too comfortable being comfortable mm-hmm. at all. you know what i mean? Yeah. Like in every respect of life like it's so easy to just like okay you're at home you just watch tv and like oh you need to order food you know, you, or you want food order it it's gonna show up right to you yeah, yeah you want a movie it's gonna be right there in front of you yeah like try it that's kind of not completely what you're talking about but, but like, no it, it's yeah it, step out yeah go camp or something like because we're having we like to camp and stuff right cool go camp be a little uncomfortable and like try those new things right yeah, yeah. no it's
0: i encourage it man yeah. and I mean, is there anything else out there that not many people know about? I mean, for the people who know Evan, you know, there may be something. But do you have anything interesting that, like, you know, you did the soccer thing? And, I mean, is there anything else that you kind of have, like, an interesting hobby or kind of something about
1: yourself that not many people know about? No, you can probably tell I work out a lot. Extremely good shape. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you are. (laughs) Sitting here with the guns out and everything. (laughs) No, man, I'm pretty open, pretty much an open book. I mean, Apart from, you know, getting outside when we can't, we love to travel, me and the wife and stuff, yeah. like, love a lot of spontaneous travel, similar to that Japan trip, that's a huge thing, like... Do you thing. have any like, th- travel plans coming up? Yeah, we just got some, like, it's not really local, but, like, we, Impulse, bought a trip to South Carolina for May long. Sweet. Sorry, we're just gonna go do that. I'm like, oh, I love that's it. That's not Good somewhere I would have thought of going, but I kind of think I heard Carolinas be awesome.
0: are nice though. Freaking I've never awesome. been there. Yeah,
1: neither. I have no idea what's gonna be over there. Cool. I'm just excited to hear about stuff it. like that. Yeah, yeah, man. But other than that, you know, apart from trying to like navigate, like we were talking about, you know, potential. I don't know, side gigs or any type of like entrepreneur stuff in the future. That's kind of other stuff that's like kinda ongoing. But
0: Yeah. Well I would encourage, I mean, for you and anyone out there is like don't be or try to be an entrepreneur for entrepreneur's sake, but find something that you're absolutely
1: passionate about and then build around that. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's kind of you know, right now I'm at a point with, you know, visa wise where it's, you know, it's not really an option to go have other forms of income and stuff. But yeah, and I'm using that time to like, you know, I'm not going to go be like, I'm going to go make a tennis racket company just because I think I want to do that. It's like, I don't like tennis rackets. So why want I yeah, do that. Right. Exactly. Like, I want to, you know, and it's one of those things where I'm just kind of like, I like talking to guys like you and other super interesting people because that's how you get ideas. And like, I don't know, you'll hear like the weirdest thing, like, Oh yeah, in this industry they just throw all that stuff out and you're like, well, "Why do they throw that stuff out?" And then you get to talking about it and then you're like, "Maybe there's something there." And then you maybe you can make something that one you care about a lot and that's actually like kind of like a, a valuable industry. And that's no example in particular, but no, that's to your point, right? Like I don't want to just like sell tennis rackets. I want to do something that's like interesting. And I yeah. think I just think that whole experience and hearing people on your podcast too and talking to people about their their small businesses or startups I just think the whole process would be super interesting too, right? Like yeah. going through the NBA the essentials program, which I'm doing right now and stuff, it's like, no, this would, this would be totally outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and would be super interesting experience just to try it out. But also I would have to have that motivation that it's something I really enjoy too, right? Or else I'm yeah. not going to you know, wholeheartedly put all my effort into it.
0: Right. And yeah. it's going to fail. Right. And yeah. the motivator cannot be money. It no, has to be no. because you love I the process. In this yeah. yeah. This, and you, I
1: know this product's going to work. Yeah. Right. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I talk about it enough. Whatever exactly. It is, I don't know what it is. But yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a product. It can be a service. It can yeah. be a podcast. It can be, yeah. I mean, a blog. I mean, it could just be anything. Like a hustle doesn't necessarily have to mean like transactional, like buy something, sell something, but or right. make something, sell something. There's so many opportunities out there, but love the process and do something that you're extremely passionate about and the byproduct will eventually be money but it can't be like
1: the goal like i want to do this because i want to make money like those are the ones that fail agreed 100 percent man that's why that's why most businesses fail and people are kind of bouncing around from tennis rackets to golf balls or just anything they think they can see a market and money in right yeah if you don't you don't stand behind your product like Maybe some people can fake till they make it like that, but yeah. it's not a lot, right? So. No, no, it's the, the majority is certainly not. And this has been great. Well, yeah,
0: yeah no, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, before we do head out here, I do want to take a moment to tell everyone about some upcoming OGGN events.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for June 2021. This month, we have six events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events that I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting two events. One is online and one is in-person. For our online event, we're hosting a live stream titled Deal Value Creation, M&A, and ONG. This is gonna be on June the 2nd. And for our in-person event, we're relaunching our happy hours. It's been far too long since we had a good happy hour, so I'm sure plenty of you will be excited to hear that our next happy hour will be at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on June 24th. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts and network with other oil and gas industry professionals all while enjoying great food and drinks. We hope to see you there. Other than OGGN's events, we have two in-person and two online events. First up, we have our two in-person events, which are the Energy Capital Conference on June 2nd at the Omni Houston Hotel and the U.S. Police and Fire Championships from June 10th to the 21st. The Police and Fire Championships will be hosted in multiple locations, so make sure to check out our events newsletter for more information about that. Next, we have our two online events, the first being the Post-Industrial Summit Series. This event actually started on May 4th, but it'll be ending later this month on June 22nd, so there's still plenty to see. And our second online event is the Big Data Industry Summit from June 9th to 10th. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for June. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And anyone out there in the Houston area interested in playing oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old timer hockey. We do it every two weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink. Hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. Evan, thanks again for joining me today. If anyone enjoyed the conversation and just wants to reach out to get to know you or grab a coffee or maybe a poutine at the old maple leaf there, what's the best way to reach out?
1: Uh, honestly linkedin evan Outon. you can yeah. find me on linkedin always a good way i Perfect. think that's probably the primary way if you want to reach just, just yeah. shoot me a direct message or dm yeah um, yeah slide evan a dm yeah, slide me a dm and i'll get back to you for sure but honestly yeah. always interested to chat with anyone and, and network and you know hang out honestly yeah Maple leaf for sure though we'll yeah get you some poutine for <laughs> yeah sure, but.
0: for an engineer you're probably one of the most social acceptable <laughs> guys so uh, <laughs> i can appreciate that so do yourself a favor add evan to linkedin hit him up and grab a coffee or a poutine and that's a wrap if you could leave a review subscribe share it with your friends it would be greatly appreciated and always remember when the density is up and the gas is down open the choke let's go to town thanks everybody Thanks again for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Oil & Gas Onshore, a production of Oil & Gas Global Network. For more information, visit OGGN.com.